how much deficit can a market afford before it collapses? If there is no enough lithium, what do you do then? What are the projects and, and what are the other alternative process routes that you think are realistic? Going into year-end negotiations, you know, what advice would you give to kind of Eric Norris vis-a-vis -vis Elon Musk? Welcome to Rockstock Channel. And if you're new, welcome. If you're not, welcome back and thank you for your support. I'm Howard Klein and you're watching the second part of the return of Lithium-Ion Rocks. Originally a podcast of almost 30 episodes, Lithium-Ion Rocks has now graduated to video and finds a new home on Rockstock Channel. Tesla's Gigafactory Nevada, named GF1, is a powerhouse in battery production and sustainability. In the prior episode, GF1, we talked about Albemarle in detail and the company's pushback to Tesla's clay narrative on Battery Day. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to Rockstock Channel and click the bell as well to be notified immediately about all future episodes. And please click the like button if you like the video and feel free to comment as well to help us enhance the content. And without further ado, here's GF2, the second part of our two-part with Garrett Fueling. Watching the actions, watching what people do. If you watch Volkswagen, if you watch BMW, if you watch Tesla, if you watch Albemarle, you watch SQM, where they've made the most significant investments have been in spodumene mines, right? And hydroxide conversion from spodumene mines. The number Volkswagen wants to do on, on electric cars by 2025 is 3 million, 2 to 3 million, which is requiring more than 100,000 tons of, of LCEs. Where do you get this material from? Um, and then it's basically the only option you have is to tie up with guys who, who, who are on traditional routes and, and who can make sure that they can supply you. All the others is... Uh, they promise a lot, but they're on the timeline far beyond uh, 2025. If we can chat about that, Sherrick, because recently I, I read an article coming from the European Raw Battery Material Alliance, and they're talking about these sort of ambitions for Europe by 2025, you know, producing a lot of its own lithium, and by 2030 producing 80%. Now. You know, you're, you're an experienced hand at this. You tell me what the viable routes are to be producing lithium in Europe by 2025. I don't know what the guys have been told who, who said this. Uh, it's, it's simply impossible. It's if they were to ask you now how best to try and achieve what they can by 2025, we have some views, but how do you feel? What are the projects and, and what are the other alternative process routes that you think are realistic? I think the, the fastest you could probably execute is Zinovec because it's an existing mine and, and it should include the German side as well because the German side alone is too small. If you do this, I don't know how long the, the rest of the permitting would take in, 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 in the Czech Republic. But then you would have to, to, now we have end of 2020, you would have to design and build the plant. So that's two to three years, three years. Assuming that this is the, basically the only real, real project which you can execute in a, in a timely manner, then by 2025 there is no production in, uh, no European production at all. So if you look at Synovic, they've got two thirds of European lithium resources in one project. Would you say, it would make sense to then try and scale beyond the original plan, possibly have more 
more entities processing their material? Have to build this in one in one area because I mean it's in Europe. So once you uh, you decide where to put the the conversion plant, uh, should be near the mine, which is possible. Uh, the it's 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 been in in one one area. Yeah, and and what about possibly having another processing plant in Germany just over the border? I have to always think that you need then uh, to to put capex into into the infrastructure. So you need wastewater treatment, you need uh, steam, you need energy, and all this type of things. So and and experience and people. So if it's if it's possible, then it's always good to have this in one location. And the concept uh, here of of uh, shipping, or either having someone like the Savannah producing, you know, domestic that's that's Portugal or shipping material from elsewhere in the world, possibly spodumen concentrate or even off-spec lower grade um, carbonate and then reprocessing that say in Germany? Rockwood lithium we consider to produce or to set up um, as one possibility so, so we were open and uh, for, for conversion facilities around the world so we said if we have a good, good concentrate in, uh, with talisman on green bushes coming out then it doesn't make a big difference whether you process it, it it's it's feasible to at least the thinking was at that time to, to, to convert this in Europe because you have uh, industrial parks with experienced process engineers, chemical parks, industrial chemical parks, uh, with uh, experienced uh, engineering companies, process chemists and everything else, something you don't have necessarily in uh, Western Australia. And uh, this could be done, but then you have to think about that it should be someone who is integrated. Because if you are not integrated, I think I mentioned it, uh, this in one of my last posts on LinkedIn, is that you, you have uh, arrived at much higher cost. Um, so if you are integrated, uh, why not? You can, you can mine in, in Australia or in Africa or somewhere else and then process uh, the, the ores in the uh, United States or Europe. Whether Savannah or these Spanish products or Calibre, they're, they're all relatively small. And uh, if you have a conversion plant, and that's, I think Alomana mentioned this as well, and you change, you have to change your input then uh, it's not the input into the conversion plant is not consisting uh, consistent and this creates technical issues so it usually reduces capacity you have to adjust the production and so on and the same is the case for for cathode producers so everybody basically wants to have a material coming in um, consistent and from from one source, so the, the larger the, the production out of one production line is, uh, the easier it is to handle, and the higher the yields, the overall yields, the lower the cost. Garrett, you're, you're based in uh, Germany right now, I guess you, you live in between uh, Taiwan, uh, right, and, um, and Germany, so you talked about Cinevec, we'd like to just dig in a little bit more on that, but you mentioned Caliber, Savannah, Infinity. Um, these are hard rock projects. I'm probably leaving one or two off of that list. You know, but then you have uh, in Cornwall, right? You have this Cornish, I don't know if that's a geothermal or, or what that is. Uh, there's also this Vulcan um, that's in Germany that's gotten a lot of, um, I guess, speculation, you know, in it this year, you know, on the geothermal 
Brian's side. You, you mentioned that Albemarle looked at the Salton Sea, um, you know, lots of times. Um, you know, and they're saying the geothermal can be you know, converted to hydroxide. I mean, we're still waiting, I think, for, you know, economics of that. But but there's definitely a, from a zero carbon lithium, um, which is their moniker, right? It's not hard rock. Do you have any view on, it's right in your backyard in Germany, you know, th this this particular project or, um, you know, geothermal generally, you know, uh, what time frame, you know, m might this be achieved? I think the major issue in densely populated and the, the Rhine Valley is densely populated areas is permitting. If you need to, to, uh, to, to build a new, and they would have to because the, the one geothermal plant is too small for a feasible uh, lithium operation. The permitting takes you for a geothermal plant takes you about six to eight years. Tesla made a huge uh, issue of regionalizing supply chains, right? So they're making batteries, they're making cathodes, they're making hydroxide, and they're sourcing from Piedmont, right, in North Carolina. What might they do for, you know, Giga Berlin? What, what, what do you see as the, I guess, the Tesla pecking order of, of, of projects, you know, and styles and, you know, and the like? Taking sustainability into consideration and taking realistic, uh, you know, volumes into consideration in the short and medium term. When you build such a factories like Volkswagen, they're building big factories and then the North Wall, CATLs and everybody is, is building uh, LG, Samsung building uh, cell uh, productions in Europe. But these productions have to be fed and pretty soon. So the one thing is what you do on the short, on the short term, because you have to make sure simply you have material and you have no choice. You have to take the one which is the fastest to market. And this is still uh, basically spodumene, sulfuric acid, boom. Yeah, and uh, expansion of, of existing uh, facilities. And uh, everything else takes more time. And uh, so what do you do the next four or five years? And then what do you do between five and ten years? So if you have a, a longer time horizon, uh, yes, you can, uh, you can do this uh, extraction from uh, geothermal and, and I'm not saying no, but I say it takes more time. And you have this, this you have the necessity to, to have enough material over the time coming into the market and uh, the, 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 the fast ones are basically if you get this Argentinian carbonate uh, um, operations up and running and then maybe uh, convert the carbonate in, in Europe or in, in China or wherever. And uh, the other one is to, to get uh, regular spodumene conversions up and running, because this can be managed maybe to some extent in, in, in the next three to four, five years. Everything else takes simply more time. In your mind, Europe is going to be, you know, Argentine brine, let's say, converted. This is livent strategy, um, you know. And I guess if Oracobre can can do it, Galaxy can do it. Ganfeng has I don't know seventy five, eighty percent of the offtake. I imagine most of that's going to Asia. But I guess theoretically they can um, convert in in Europe. I don't know what Bankcheck you know is planning for their uh, offtake entitlement, um, but that could could be sent there. But 
the volumes are, are okay, that's doable, but besides those that are underway, I guess you're thinking like hard rock is, is possible and you're not ruling out, you know, DLE and, and this geothermal, but you're, you're largely saying it's the, you know, it's from earliest 2025, more likely 2027 to 2030, you know, that this will get permitted and actually be put into cathodes that are put into batteries that are put into EVs. It's always related to the timeline. No? So uh, let's let's come back to Volkswagen or the, the Tesla Gigafactory uh, in, in Berlin, for example, in Europe. And these things are, are now on the way. So uh, Gigafactory is, is ready in two years and will churn out cars. Volkswagen has started. And the other uh, Renault is the same and, and uh, Daimler uh, and, and uh, BMW also. So you have to feed material into these cars and you won't be able to do this with uh, whatever DLE or, or, or things or processes. So you have to rely on, on, uh, on a process and, 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 uh, which is fast, which you can establish fast and even if you do this, at least uh, we consider this, that then we will see quite tight markets. And uh, all the other ones like uh, geothermal extraction or whatsoever uh, take longer so they won't be uh, available and maybe not before my opinion 2028 the, the earliest and in the meantime you have to operate with other product uh, productions yeah be it uh, brine oriented uh, uh, which uh, needs some water uh, FMC, the liven process in, uh, in Argentina needs quite a lot of water no? and um, uh, I Argentinian Ministry of Mining published some some numbers on how much water Livent really needs and steam and, and things like this. So whether these DLE things are always the preferred method and the the uh, saving the planet uh, remains to be seen. So uh, uh, it takes a lot of development. It's not always uh, uh, you can't always apply them and uh, you have to take it uh, as, as a development stage to, to see okay how can you manage this process to be comp somehow competitive in, in the long run and I think if we move the, the, the demand line to, to the right line uh, to the right area of, of the cost curve you will face uh, you will see those uh, processes on the, on the higher uh, cost side but this doesn't matter because that's, that's normal it's for all raw materials the same. So the more you use, the more uh, expensive it might be, because you have to to uh, to get in uh, lower grade resources unless you find higher grade ones, uh, and you have to apply methods which may uh, incur higher cost. So I have two more questions. What one is on on the price, right? So I I very much viewed um, Tesla's talking about clay as a negotiating tactic in the run-up to Albemarle's year-end price negotiations, because last year they reduced, um, you, you know, the, the, their, their price, which they said for kind of like one year vis-a-vis -vis their long-term contracts. You've talked on previous podcasts about this, you know, Simon Kutcher, you know, game theory, you know, price uh, analysis. Like, so I, I viewed Albemarle in terms of their second quarter taking, you know, Bessemer City and, and Silver Peak kind of offline, you know, idling the plant 
you know, to reduce the amount of hydroxide, to some degree to kind of tighten the market up. And, and I view this Jeffries kind of teaching, you know, as a pushback, you know, to Tesla kind of negotiating. So I guess as a person who has been involved in these kind of negotiations here and Liven's talking about voodoo economics and, and uh, Albemarle is basically saying, you know, the current prices are not even sufficient enough to expand with the existing resources, you know, to do clay, you would need much higher prices, you know, to, to do that. So going into year end negotiations, what, you know, what advice would you give to kind of Eric Norris, you know, vis-a-vis, -vis, uh, you know, Elon Musk? The old Rockwood team would never have reduced the prices. And uh, knowing that now they are talking not about Gigabyte Teller Factory, it's time to increase prices. So I would go for a price increase 20%. Full stop. And I would not even negotiate this. It's take it or leave it. And if they don't take it, I sacrifice some volume. So what's the point? Where do they get all these material they need for next year and, and, they, and the, the years after the next? If you increase 20% your prices, you can sacrifice 30% of your volume and still have the same margins. So what's the point of running your production full steam, like SPM is doing? Selling at $3,000, uh, two or three and a half or whatsoever below four, is materials to Chinese which are accumulating, which have cash, accumulating the, the, this carbonate and then later at a, when the prices go up converting it to hydroxide. Makes no commercial sense to me. So let them do and sacrifice your own, uh, your own volumes and, and get back in, in a year or so when the market's coming back. But with the price increase you will compensate at least or achieve the same amount of earnings as you do this year. That's probably what we would have done at, uh, at Rockwood. And Safi was on the same, on the same page always. Yeah? So he said, uh, and that's uh, it's, it's the case, uh, look, we need to invest. You want these volumes, and in order to get these volumes, you need this price. And if you don't pay the price, you don't get the volumes. I did want to talk a little bit about Piedmont and the supply agreement, and you, you made some comments to me that like, and other people have made comments that, you know, Peter, Roskill has done an analysis of hard rock hydroxide and they're putting, you know, Piedmont on the, the low end of the cost curve. And, and people are like kind of saying, how could that possibly be? You know, Greenbush's is such higher grade, right? I've responded to you that, um, you know, Talazin doesn't get the tantalum credit, right? So, uh, they're not benefiting from that. Another organization is getting that, you know, global advanced, you know, materials. So in Piedmont's case, they're getting, they're, they own the Feldspar and the quartz. They get credits from that. So that reduces their mining costs. I think Roskill put it on the, on the hydroxide, as far as I remember. So they said they'll be the lowest cost hydroxide producer. For me, this is not, not really relevant uh, because the prices, uh, once they will have been once they are operational and on the hydroxide uh, part of this whole thing, then we probably be in, in 24, 25, and the prices will be at, at uh, 10, 11, 12, or even higher. So then, even if their cost is not four and a half or five or five and a half and, and it's six, they still have enough margin. And there are hardly any other businesses which which provide these margins. 
Assuming it's permitted and they're ready to turn soil, uh, Western Australia has demonstrated that they can get into production within, you know, 18 to 24 months. In the case of Pilbara, they've had some ramp issues, but they're, you know, they're fixing those. Altura had some small ramp issues, but, you know, the, the, they executed, you know, fairly smoothly. Hey, if you have the permits available and then you need to, to build and construct, uh, lithium, lithium mines are not that big. so then these two years should be sufficient. Do you have any further comments, Garrett, on things we, uh, you'd like to say that we didn't ask you? I think for the, for the OEMs, it's, they, if, if they focus on, they need, they need to anyway, they need to get involved because cash is needed. And uh, in order to build this, things and they have to be built, capacity has to be built in a timely manner and in this case as coming back to the very beginning <clears throat> the, the projects which are in parentheses the easiest and the fastest to be executed are usually the spodiumine ones, it's Piedmont, it's critical elements so it's in jurisdictions which are stable uh, where you have infrastructure and uh, where you can execute a project because permitting is almost there, you can do this. So it's time to market. For, for these guys, for the OEMs, the criticality will be that to get the material they need for their sales and production plans. And this is not sufficient. So if, if you take a company like uh, Volkswagen or, or Tesla spending, I don't know, like Volkswagen, 30, $30 billion dollars until 2025 in, in, uh, in EV capacity and Tesla is, is moving fast and the other companies as well and you don't get the raw materials needed to build the batteries then your whole cost calculation is crap and this has a, a very deep implication because the margins in, in, in automotive industry are not, uh, are not that high that when, when probably 20-30% of your capacity uh, sits idle, you're you, you done. So that's why I don't understand why the OEMs don't go in, into this industry. So I, see, I always see this from the other perspective. Yeah? So I don't mind whether it's uh, Piedmont or whether it's Critical Elements or uh, Savannah or what, whatever project. But you have to focus as, as, as a purchaser of an OEM. I, I would be scared because you have to put the money there in order to make sure that the product arrives because the incumbents aren't that fast either and they are driven uh, by, uh, by uh, internal cash flow restrictions and the others are driven yeah, without, uh, by, by capital markets and capital markets want immediate return so they don't get it. It's difficult at least. Yeah? It's not sexy tech business. And uh, that's my take on this. Uh, that's, uh, that you have to go in the first step for the projects which are easiest to, conf to, to realize, and that's what you mean. And then you add all the others over the timeline, otherwise you won't make it. And the whole thing is a disaster. So, uh, what I'm, I mean, the, the expression of, um, what's his name here, the, the guy from, uh, from Leibniz, the, the CEO, um, to do is voodoo economics, no? Yeah, and he's right, he's pretty right no? uh, on this. And, so I have little understanding what, what's what's happening there, no? and uh, it's it, the question is I always put from the very beginning is how much deficit can a market 
afford before it collapses. If there is not enough lithium and you can't sell the cars or produce the cars, uh, what do you do then? That's a big impact on the oh. industry, huh? be, it, be it in the United States with uh, General Motors and Ford and, and the likes and, and Europe with Volkswagen and in, America, and, and in Asia the, the Chinese or the Koreans or the Japanese. No? So this is kind of, um, yeah, uh, I think what the OEMs did not yet fully understand because of their Tesla maybe, because it has a flatter structure, but the regular OEMs are silo-based, they have they are very hierarchical uh, institutions, uh, which some people have maybe some knowledge and then after two years are transferred somewhere else, so there is no dedicated purchasing uh, team on that anymore, or it's changing, and so there, there is a kind of, uh, of lack of understanding. And uh, the other thing I think which the OMs didn't yet understand is that when you change from an internal combustion engine to a battery, powertrain. You basically have an electrochemical factory in your car. And when you do electrochemist or chemistry, then you have to think raw materials. And uh, so the natural thing would be, and this is, uh, I see this different from, from what Albemarle said, you have to, to, to integrate these raw materials in order, at least to a certain extent, to, to make sure that, that you can feed your, 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 your your main uh, part of the business. So auto OEMs are getting in the business. Tesla has put a marker down. They're building hydroxide capacities. I think Volkswagen is gonna be next, right? And maybe they do it in Europe, that, that they get the message. They're copying Tesla in so many other ways, right? And look, we did this, Ford did it, Tes, you know, Fordlandia. So I'm calling this Teslandia. Um, you know, others are saying, oh, whatever, Edison, you know, a great inventor got into mining and, you know, it didn't work, you know, but that was a century ago, right? This is a, a new dynamic, you know, this is a new paradigm. And Eric Norris, you know, gave an example of in the pigment space, I think Sherwin-Williams and the paints or something like that, but eventually, you know, they tried vertically integration, but then they decided, you know, that it wasn't their core competency. I think uh, Tesla's saying this is an essential core competency that they must have. But it, it, it's not going to displace Albemarle, right? They have such huge demand that they're going to need Albemarle and they're going to need new producers. But the question is, they, they've decided that they have to take matters into their own hands because the battery companies are not producing batteries fast enough. So they need Tesla battery. Tesla needs Tesla batteries in addition to Panasonic, LG Chem, and CATL batteries. They need Umicor cathodes and BASF cathodes or Sumitomo cathodes in addition to their own. They need Albemarle lithium hydroxide in addition to their own. And Volkswagen and GM and others are likely to conclude that. You know, so it'll be very, very interesting to see if this like, oh, you know, they tried it 50 years ago, it failed, or this is a new paradigm. And uh, they have the money. They're the ones with the money. Their business is in existential risk if they don't have the raw materials. Right. So this this scramble, you know, this feeding frenzy, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see if that happens. It's easier than if you go, for example, for cobalt or nickel, that the investment, the scale of investment is a different one and the mine operation. So lithium is more of a chemical thing. But um, 
I mean, you could also imagine, yeah, of course, Alumile is going to continue to exist, yeah. But my, maybe if I would be Volkswagen or one of the big guys, I would think about buying these guys. No? At the moment, yeah, they're right. not so expensive, and you you dispose the the catalyst and Broman business, and here we go. No? Hundred hundred percent.